This is Graphically Novel, a podcast by three brothers who like each other but love comic books. I'm Jamie. I'm Sam. I'm Josh. And on this episode, we're going to be reviewing one of my picks. And um, I'm so curious <laughs> to get into this one. <laughs> this might be the strangest thing we've picked. And we are reviewing two, Volume 1, Taster's Choice. And I picked this book because of two primary reasons. Um, one is that uh, a guy on a podcast I like called Only the Valiant, uh, his name is uh, Christian, um, he talks about Chew a lot. Um, and is one of his favorite books. And the second reason is the premise is just so strange. And we'll, we'll, we'll get into that, I'm sure. But the, it, it piqued my interest. And so um, we'll see if it piqued anybody else's interest. <laughs> um, and so... To get going, we're gonna get we're gonna start with our live action Batman grades, and um, I'm gonna start putting the um, the breakdown of the order in the uh, show notes. And so, if you look at your description um, on your on your podcatcher, you'll see what what we're doing here. But um, Sam, what's your live action ba- Batman grade for two? All right, so I'm gonna surprise everybody. I thoroughly enjoyed this one, so I'm gonna give it a Keaton plus. It was almost Affleck for me, but wow, it, it was. I really enjoyed it. All right. Uh, Sam broke up a little bit there. Um, due to uh, the coronavirus, um, everyone in the world is on the internet right now. So we're having a little bit of hiccups here and there, but we're going to do our best. Uh, I didn't expect, I thought if, I thought if anybody was going to hate this thing, it was going to be you. So I'm, I'm really surprised you dug it. We'll get, we'll get into yeah. your reasons, but all right. All right, Josh, what's your live action Batman grade? All right, I'm going to jump on that Keaton train. I'm Keaton Plus. I wanted to give it an Affleck, but uh, I'll say one <laughs> word why it That's That held it from getting any higher on my end. Wow. Okay. This is going to go uh, maybe better or maybe worse. Maybe if one of us had hated it, it would have made it good for a good <laughs> argument for the episode. <laughs> but I'm going to go Keaton, too, but not, not as enthusiastic as you guys. Um, if there had been a middle grade, if they're like, we're going to have to put patents on here somewhere, just sort of like a, you know, a, a guess of where he's going to fit. So we'll have a middle grade. I would have went middle of the road. Um, I'm not Keaton Plessing. I'm barely a Keaton kind of thing. I just, I, I enjoyed it enough. I didn't want it to be on the negative side of the ledger. So I went, you know, slightly Keaton on, on my, on my grade. Uh, didn't hate it, but I didn't love it either. Um, and I'm, not gonna read anymore. <laughs> I'm all set. <laughs> all right. oh, I've already it's downloaded volume two, so I'm gonna read more. Well, you can tell tell me then you can tell me if it's worth going forward with. Um, uh, and le- unless I get a glowing review from you, I'm all set with you. <laughs> <laughs> but our creator credits are really short on this one. This one is a labor of love by two guys. So it's written and lettered by John Layman. And drawn and colored by Rob Guillory. I think that's how you say his name. Yep, that sounds right. Sure. Um, <laughs> so that's what we've got for the non-spoiler section. After you hear the klaxon, it's all spoilers. All right, it's time for the Bite Size Breakdown. All right. So issue one is me. Uh, here we go. 
Tony, his partner, investigate a chicken black marketeer. And in the process, we learn that Tony is a SIBOpath. He gets psychic impressions from what he eats. He learns that the cook is a serial killer, and after killing and eating on him, he solves a bunch of open cases. He then gets recruited into the FDA. I got issue two, and I have a... Chu has a new job with the FDA. The new boss hates him, sees the girls of his dream, then gets... Uh, then gets in a fight with a Yakuza. Then issue three, we meet Amelia. We learn that she works at a newspaper... And can make people experience the food she writes about. And Chu was sent to fire her for an article she wrote. Uh, while Chu's at the newspaper office, some terrorists break in. And Amelia <laughs> disables them with her powers and then quits. Uh, issue four. Tony and Savoy travel to a remote NASA site to investigate the death of a senator. After Tony gets a lead from his cremated remains. They learned that the observatory was overfunded, that the scientists had descended into debauchery as they followed the weird conspiracy theories of the senator. Then some of their lady friends pull out machine guns and shoot up the joint. It mentioned some vampire. Anyway, I think that's what happened. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Issue 5 opens on an FDA raid, which finds Chu's big brother locked in a vault along with uh, chickens in cages. A hidden bad guy jumps out, attempts to shoot Chu, but Savoy takes the bullet instead. Some of uh, Savoy's blood splashes in Chu's mouth, and he gets a psychic vision. That's when he realizes that Savoy's the murderer in their open case, and that Savoy's gone rogue. Bum, bum, bum. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, that almost made me want to read the next trade. Yeah. Yeah. Almost. Um, not, not, Not quite. Um, I'm, I'm glad your issue four breakdown was longer than my two. <laughs> I was nervous. I know we tried to keep them short, and I just kept writing. I was like, man, there's a lot of stuff in these issues. I'm, I'm still not sure I explained issue four very well. I'm not you sure don't. I understood issue four very well. Well, issue four has its own little breakdown at the end. Did y'all read that? Yeah. Like, I don't yeah. quite understand why the Russian, you know, North Pole bikini ladies were suddenly angry at everybody. Like, why they were started shooting people. What the vampires to do with anything? I don't. I don't know what. I don't quite understand issue four. Yeah. We need to know basis. We what? don't need to know. <laughs> I would have thought you brought your readers to be on a need to know basis. Nope. Uh, anyway, um, so it's time to get into the pyramid now, and this is where we break down the stuff that we think is required for a graphic novel to be a good graphic novel. And the first corner of the pyramid is story. Josh, lead us off, man. What do you think about the story? I think the story, it may not be the strongest part of the pyramid, but man, it was solid. I liked it. I mean, just right off uh, from the very first page, they got me hooked. I wanted to know more about this world that Chu lived in, about his powers. Uh, I had to see all the craziness that, you know, he's gotten up to. Uh, And then there were some twists and turns. I know we talked about issue four just now and how you didn't know what was going on. There were twists and turns that we were able to decipher what they meant to the story, and they were engaging. Uh, it was interesting. I got a decent amount of info out of it, uh, so I, I enjoyed the story. And uh, you know, it's a it's a different power for. I don't know if it's a superpower <laughs> or not. It's a different kind of power than anything I've uh, experienced. So I really enjoyed that aspect of the story. Yeah, I did too. You know, I, I really enjoyed the story. I think the story was the strongest part of the pyramid. That's what really hooked me in it. That's why I, I downloaded the next volume because I want to see what's happening. 
because you got his new partner that's training him, but also the bad guy at the same time, trying to find out what the conspiracy is. We kind of missed that in the recap order, but yeah. the bird flu. They, they outlawed all chicken. Right. And I'm curious, is he, is he actually trying to figure out what is really going on, or is he just using that as a ploy so that Chu won't try to arrest him? Is he really just a bad guy that's involved in the illegal chicken trade? Well, at the end, you know, he, he uh, Chu bit into that dog or whatever it was, or got some blood or whatever, and he's seen uh, Savoy over a dead person. I, I took it like as his wife or whatever, and that's what got him invested in finding out what really happened, because uh, I think they died from the bird flu, supposedly, and that's what made him go rogue. So that's what I liked about it. Yeah. Well, I, this was... I say I, I'm of two minds about the story part of the pyramid. Um, I feel like that they're good storytellers. Like I, I stayed engaged the whole time through, but when I start to think about it, like man, those plot threads are hanging all over the place. <laughs> and and like like on the last issue when Chow talks back up and um, pops back up, I'm like, oh, who is this guy again? Oh, that's his brother. Like if he's this big a deal, we should have seen him between issues one and five. Yeah, I mean, like, right. uh, yeah, so that kind of got dropped and he got picked back up. But so it was supposed to be important. And I couldn't remember who the guy was. Um, and the whole avian, the fake avian flu thing, if that's going to be the overarching plot, that needs to be brought up more often. Um, issue four should have made some sense. <laughs> I needed a little yeah. more. I think at um, some point that's going to play a big part if you keep reading. I feel like that was, yeah, instead of just like the three panel teaser or what's coming up, I think they've done a whole issue of. Hey, look at this craziness. We'll explain it on, you know, volume four. You'll figure out what that was. Yeah. And if you bought one of those like library editions, it's like, you know, 15 issues or something. It might read better because then all right. these things like circle back and it doesn't feel like yeah. there's big gaps. Um, but I also thought like he's, you know, Gaga over, over Melanie for like two issues. Then she does never mention it again. She just gets on a plane and with that, you know, a guy and it's like never hear from her again. Yeah. It's like, I thought she was going to be like one of the big deals and like, she's just gone and it's not a, not a big thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like you need to read volume two. I bet some of these uh, questions will get answered. <laughs> <laughs> See, I kind of want to know who the vampire is. Yeah. yeah. That, that's got me a little. Yeah. Yeah. But I, it was just, it just, like I said, it's engaging to read. Like they, they keep you in the story, but when you, but as I would step back, Especially when I, when, I was, when I was writing out the bite-sized breakdown sections that I had to do, it was like, you know, man, they'll start plot stuff and just leave it alone for a long time. Yeah. Like, like the the Cusa when he's fighting them in the, the sushi bar. They like, never referenced that bar. You didn't you see the, the guy with all the frogs in his office? Yeah. <laughs> what was up with that? <laughs> think that's set up for later down the road but yeah even even with the questions that you've got and and like you said there's a lot of potential for later volumes to have a lot of stuff going on i feel like they set a lot of stuff up i still felt like you got enough info for the main parts of the story that it still to me didn't leave me like man i didn't get enough answers i, yeah. I, I thought that gave me enough and I, I, I laughed yeah, yeah. i did too and the premise is so good, man. Like that, that his superpower is basically his superpower is psychic cannibalism. You know, yeah. it's just. Yeah. 
except for beets. Poor guy's got to eat beets all the time. But you don't want to experience, you know, that he's eating pork. You don't want to experience the pig getting slaughtered or whatever. You know, yeah. he eats beets. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> yeah, but that, that, I mean, as far as the execution of the story, I mean, there's, I've got nitpicks, but I, I did like the storytelling and I love the premise. And so that, it is still a strong corner of the pyramid. Mm-hmm. Um, but now, now we're going to get into what probably is the weakest part of the pyramid, and that is the art section. Um, and so I, I wanted to go first here because I think I'm going to be the most positive. <laughs> um, this isn't my favorite style. It's super cartoony. Um, it's super stylized. Nothing is in proportion. Um, it's not my style. Um, it, it works well enough for the story because it's kind of a goofy story. It's, I mean, it's, it's as much comedic as it is dramatic or whatever, but it kind of hurts because there's times where the story gets serious and it's supposed to actually have some drama to it. And it's so like cartoony and silly in the art style. You can't ever take, or I couldn't, I couldn't ever take it seriously. Yeah. Even when, even when it was time to be serious, I couldn't do it. But I do think for, for the broad swath of the, of the book, the art style is a good fit. Um, I don't know how you fix it for the series bits though. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. I think the art was the weakest point of the whole thing. And it was, like you said, nothing was in proportion. It, it was <laughs> not so, one thing. Hard, so hard to look at. Like <laughs> he was barefoot one time. He had hobbit feet on him. I was like, man, it's, it's, it was, it was so bad. But the boy's no, got toothpick legs and a 300 pound upper body. On, yeah. yeah. So but bad. you know, and, and saying that though, it did fit the story. I, I thought, it, I thought it worked. Okay. Definitely not my style at all, but, it, it worked. It was okay. It, it didn't kill me to look at it. Yeah, that's and that was me. Uh, cause I wasn't sure. Cause I I don't like this style at all. I, I actively dislike looking at this kind of stuff. So I couldn't tell if it was executed poorly or if it was done well. And it's just a style that I don't like. You know, I, I, I think if this had been a different style art, I definitely would have gave this an Affleck for a grade. Hundred percent would have bumped it up. This, this dropped it down. To a Keaton. This is the reason it got a Keaton is the art. For the well, same I, reason you guys said. Just human anatomy doesn't make sense in this world. <laughs> Proportions are weird. Sometimes Savoy's hand looks like it's the whole size of Chew's torso. Other yeah. times it's more reasonably sized. I mean, the color doesn't stand out. There's like nothing spectacular on the color. Sometimes it was a little bland. So it's yeah, weakest part of the pyramid. I do I do want to give it two 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 praises though. Um like I said, I, I didn't think I was going to hate it as much as you guys. Um, I thought the face art was pretty solid. Like, they were pretty expressive. Like, the, there was a lot of emotion, you know, gotten across from the faces. Um, and I feel like the, um, like, I'm, I'm not sure how these guys got connected to make this story. Um, but if if the artist was hired, he was hired because he's good at drawing the gross bits. Because yeah. when it's time to get gross, yeah. he's solid at the gross stuff. <laughs> It's the best drawn vomit I've ever seen. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it really is. Rotting animal corpses have never looked better. (laughs) Yeah, the the I just ate something nasty face. It was really good too for Chew. Some of the faces, like when he had the sushi and stuff, it was like, oh, that's that's exactly the face you make when you bite into something nasty. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I think my I think my we'll get into this maybe later. I'm maybe ruining somebody's award here, but. 
<laughs> when he when he eats the rotten finger, the, yeah. the face man. <laughs> uh, that's how you get a job drawing this kind of stories, being able to draw that face. Um, but I, I mean, that's all I've got. I mean, I didn't despise the art; it didn't like ruin it for me. But I mean, I wasn't you know loving the story, and so it just it's all kind of in the middle for me. Um. All right, Sam, you wanna get in here? Yeah, there's really only two characters. I think Chu and then uh, Savoy are the two main characters. The only one has any kind of arc at all in the thing. And the, I think they've done really well with those two guys. Everybody else was just kind of like, here they are, this is what they are. Like, like with Amelia and then uh, Apple Tree or Applebee, whatever his name is. Like, you know, he's the angry boss. She's the love person. But those two, they done really good with, with Chu and Savoy. And they got, they, got, they got off to a good start with Amelia, though. But yeah, then they just I'm, stopped. Yeah, they, they were setting her up to, to have some involvement in the story. And then, yeah, like you said, she gets on a plane and flies away. Like, okay. <laughs> that was fun if for she's a couple not, pages. If she's not in volume two, I will retroactively lower my grade. <laughs> we'll have an update on the next issue. Yeah. On the next show. I'll read it tomorrow and let y'all know. Alright. I, th- I thought the characters were good. I thought Chu was very relatable. I really yeah. sympathized with him. I mean, the decisions he was making, the stuff he was experiencing, I'm like, man, that's that's how you feel when that kind of stuff happens to you. Like, I really felt for him. I wanted him to have good things happen to him, and they just <laughs> never did. And I was sad for him. Uh, and then I thought Savoy was interesting. He was strange and a little bit different, but it wasn't so eccentric that he was off-putting you know what i'm saying sometimes they try to make the characters so weird that they just you know i can't get into the character i thought savoy danced on that line he was weird but he was still interesting uh so that was that was fun with him and then uh yeah applebee man i really wanted somebody to punch him in the face <laughs> i needed applebee almost. to get hit yeah almost so close. <laughs> yeah. that would have been worth it uh, yeah, and then I mean, Chu and uh, Chow, they felt like real brothers. I thought that dynamic, the little bit of interactions they had, I thought that was pretty, pretty good. You're reading almost my notes. I mean, and almost in order of, oh, of yeah. the things, of my, my, my thoughts on the characters. But I do, I know you're supposed to just review the thing that is in front of you, not the thing you wish it was or had been. But I do think this would have been a lot stronger if Chow Chu had been in it more. Yeah. Um, if he had been sort of a, a running, maybe antagonist, maybe he was more involved with the plot. Um, we, I, I, we really needed more Chow Chu. Um, I love the dynamic. Out. Yeah, we needed to find out how he got in that vault. Yeah, and and just and have him and Tony on on panel together. It was magical. Yeah, <laughs> we just needed more of that. Um, and I, so I think like if, for the next trade, I think that. So, so in this first one, like Chu and Savoy were partners, and Chow was sort of the antagonist. So in the next, now that Savoy has went rogue, he needs to partner up with Chow, and Chu <laughs> needs to be chasing them both. Yeah. If that happens, I will retroactively raise my grade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because Chow's obviously got some connections to the underground chicken yeah. black market. So, I mean, yeah, that's an end for him to get in with them. So, that would work. But we just, I just, I need more of Chow Chu in this story. Uh, it was just so good. Listen, watching them fight and argue, I'm like, that feels real. Yep. <laughs> that feels familiar. 
but I mean, I mean, as far as the characters go, the only real character in the thing is Chew. I, I'm going to disagree Sam a little bit. I don't think uh, Savoy was that well-rounded. He was my favorite character. He just wasn't a well-rounded character. He was just kind of a force of nature more than he was a person. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. But I think I think that'll keep it. I think they were starting to give us a character development by the end. Yeah. And I think that'll really be, if I'm just guessing, Volume 2 is going to be a lot of that. We'll find out more of Savoy's backstory, and we'll find out more of his motivations, and it'll be, you know, he'll be the antagonist of the whole thing. Um, <laughs> I love what he... I, I love the way Savoy fights. We'll, we'll get into that later. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, I'm betting that comes up in some of the awards. All right, anything else on the pyramid, guys? No, that's it. Nope. All right. Sorry I rambled there, guys. No, I'm you're fine. Sleep, I'm a little sleep <laughs> deprived again. It's a uh, running thing for you. <laughs> I, I may have a problem. Let's give out some awards, though. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? And these are the things we dig most in two volume one. Uh, Josh, best cover. What you got? I got cover five on page 100. It's the no. boy sitting at the dinner table. You can see uh, Chew in the mirrors over his shoulders, missing his ear. Yeah. I just thought he was kind of menacing there. And Oh, I hadn't seen the mirrors. I didn't. I never noticed that. Yeah, look in the mirrors. In the mirrors can, yeah, I we're looking at. Choose point of view. That's his hands. He handed him his ear. Bloody and stuff. hand. Yeah. Okay. So boys will hit his ear. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It was that, that or it was that issue cool. one. Issue one was my runner up. But I like, yeah, I, I, like this. I had issue one, but now that I see that Chew's faces in those mirrors and that's face he's making. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that makes it even cooler. I'm gonna change mine to issue five. Uh Wait, I'm I win. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well. I got issue one. That's one I liked. Did you? Yeah, that was my runner-up. I was back Page and forth. Six. Yeah. Him sitting at his table with all the dead stuff around him. <laughs> got his knife out. <laughs> or his yeah, gun. Yeah. And he looks profoundly unhappy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Making me eat this stuff. <laughs> that is a man that is not content with his lot in life. <laughs> uh, yeah I, but now now that i've seen those I, I just miss the mirrors man uh that makes that makes that last cover i mean yeah even cooler uh all right uh, best character um i tipped my hand earlier when i said there's only really you know one well-rounded character in this whole story so i'm with tony too um i like the guy um but i i do bet if we were doing a show on volume two, he would not be the answer. I bet Savoy is the is the, gonna be the best character going forward. Yeah. And that's who I picked. I picked Savoy. I, I just liked him. I really did. The the man grizzly. That's what they call him <laughs> this time. Yeah. I said I right. wouldn't have, of the two options I picked two. <laughs> I like two. I said he was just to me was very relatable. I, I really I don't know. I meshed with him when I saw what he was going through. It really hit me. I'm like, man, that poor, poor guy, you know, with the boss that's being super mean to him and stuff. I just really, really sympathized with him. Yeah, that gave me some flashbacks. There's a couple of bad bosses I've had. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've all had one at some point in time that way. Uh, all right. Uh, yeah, Tony's just easy to, he's easy to root for, man. You just sympathize with that guy. All right. Uh, best panel. Sam, what you got? 
page 47, panel 3. Oh, so close, but wrong. I'd love the, the evil smile. So, yeah. boy, his little it's good. patch, he's one crazy eye, he's smiling. <laughs> oh, I just really like that one. All right. Solid. Josh, what'd you got? What do you have? Well, apparently you were in that same area, so mine's probably going to be wrong. Uh, go over to page 24. And because I so actively disliked the art, I couldn't pick one single panel. I got the first four panels on page 24. Cheater! <laughs> it's after he's shot the bad guy and he's like, okay, I'm going to just eat his face so I can figure out what he's done with these bodies. I thought that was pretty graphic. And that was the one time I thought the art worked for the story. I was like, man, that's, I don't mind looking at that. So that was my favorite part of it. Yeah. This guy's good at the gross, man. Uh, yeah, we'll, guy- we'll, we'll get back to that. Sam, what were you saying? I'm sorry. Oh, no, nothing. Go ahead. All right. Um, Okay, I was uh I was closer to Sam. So go back to page forty-eight. Um and it's a tie. Um I wanna pick the top panel because <laughs> why does an FDA agent fight with size? Because <laughs> why not? <laughs> I just it's so it's so random, but I love it. Um and I but I wanna pick the bottom panel. Because of the background. Yeah. We've got Bruce Lee from, I think, is that Chinese Connection? Is that what that panel, that, that picture's I from? I think so, yeah. Yeah. And then we've got, and then we've got Bloodsport back there, too. Yeah. Bolo Young. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even notice that. I noticed that. I almost picked that one. <laughs> I, I, like, I can't pick it for those two tiny pictures, because that's actually <laughs> really well drawn. Well, I totally can. So I'm, I'm <laughs> what, yeah. one of those two panels is my favorite. I'm not sure. I'll, I'll I'll cheat like Josh. Two panels on that page. There you go. I like it. All right, uh, Josh. Best dialogue. Well, we're still right in the same area, so we're going to go over to page uh, 41, and uh, it's the bottom two panels. It's when the uh, cashier at the burger joint was giving him a really hard time, kept calling him a cop, and she says, "All right, I got to make a phone call." He turns around, <laughs> and he's making a fake call, but he's talking to him like he's ordering a raid on the kid's house and stuff. He calls his dad a vocal dissenter and stuff. So I, thought, I thought that conversation was really fun. It's like the one time Chew got to put his foot down and be, you know, be the guy that's getting stuff done. He's like, yeah, bullet to the head. Take your time. <laughs> <laughs> I think have the same some, thing. Take your time with it. Have some fun. Yeah. So that was yours too, Sam? Yeah, that was mine too. Okay, I almost picked that. There was two. That I was really struggling with, I couldn't decide between. So I went with the other one. That was my that was my runner up. So my my best dialogue is on page fifty nine, and it's panels four through five, and it's when uh, Appleby there is giving uh, Tony a hard time about this investigation. So he says, "You got any news on that missing health inspector? What's his name?" And then you just see how good a job that you know Tony does. Evan Pepper, no sign of his body, but I've interrogated each of those Yakuza enforcers twice and submitted them for voice and polygraph analysis. I've done a daily canvas of city and county morgues and John Doe's and accessed local traffic cams of Pepper's last known whereabouts. Plus, I did an ATM transaction search and have a scuba team dredging waterfront areas closest to his apartment. <laughs> this boss is such a jerk. In other words, no, always excuses with you two. He just keeps giving him more. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> 
And then it's like, I really, really hate that dude. The one he said to see. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, he's just such a hardworking guy. And yeah, just yeah. pure hatred. All right. Uh, so our first episode specific award is the best eating weird stuff moment. And mine is on page 82. Um, but I'm not going to give anybody any grief picking anything. Everything that gets eaten in this thing is an eating weird stuff moment. Yeah. So there's, so there's a scene here in the last issue where um, <laughs> the more doctor person has went ahead and cremated a guy they were supposed to eat. <laughs> so Savoy takes the canister of his, of his remains, pulls it up to a fan, and blows his ashes <laughs> over the entire morgue. They're all completely covered. And then Tony, to figure it out, licks his face. <laughs> licks, all around his mouth. Licks the man's ashes off his own face. Like, give me a second. <laughs> this is our slip in his face. Yeah. <laughs> it was just so strange. It's not the grossest one, but that's the one that's like most off the wall. Licking a, lick a dead man's ashes off your own face. Uh, anyway, Sam, what's your best eating weird stuff moment? All right, so page 101, panel three. When he pulls that dog that's been in the Ziploc bag for weeks and take, starts eating it. Yeah. You see him, he's seen him holding that dog and taking a bite, and the dog's like, like drooling out of its mouth and stuff. <laughs> yeah. It's his not little drool. face he's got. He's been in there yeah. for like three weeks or something. Yeah. yeah. At least they put it in a Ziploc bag, dude. <laughs> he's like, what's the red box for? <laughs> that's organic tissue. It's <laughs> terrible. Yeah, it's bad. All right, Josh, what was yours? Well, I I picked for weird. I went with you, Jamie. It was weird doing the the, <laughs> the ashes. Uh, my runner-up to that, but I didn't want to double dip, was uh, my best panel, page 24, when he finally, the first time you see him eating another piece of human flesh is when he's eating that bad guy's face. That was really... <laughs> why do they have to go for the face? I don't know. That one struck... I don't know why that one struck me, but... Uh, yeah, that, that got me. But yeah, the ashes I think was the the weirdest rendition of eating somebody. That's one My, of he's okay doing it too, I think. <laughs> yeah, he just I guess it's easier to palate when it's ashes. My, uh, the only other one I considered was when he ate the guy's finger. Yeah. Then that old moldy finger, yeah. Oh, you eating a beet yeah. salad? Nonsense. <laughs> I got first I got your lunch. <laughs> All right, and so our last award is the biggest gross out, and uh, I don't know if I've got a weak stomach or something, man, but this thing was gross. Yeah, uh, it grossed me out a lot, Ser- several times, but at least once an issue I had my stomach ro- roiling a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, say, what was your biggest gross out? All right, so we've referenced it several times, but it's on page twenty-four. Is the first time <laughs> <laughs> the guy like cuts his throat and like he attacks him, like he's a zombie. He's like trying to eat his face <laughs> off. I'm like. Man, that's hardcore. Then, like later on, that reference is like, yeah, the, you still have chewed on the guy when the, the other police officers had to drag you off of him. Like, yeah, man, you really went to town. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that just shows how you know inherently good a person he is because he couldn't just let those murders go unsolved. He had to, at whatever cost, find out what happened to them and give the their family some closure. So uh, he went to some extreme measures for it. I think it was Angry Chew, is what that was. 
Yeah, that He's too. Angry chewing. <laughs> I, th- I think his brain turned off. <laughs> All right, Josh, what's your biggest gross out? Well, Sam, we flip flop. I had page one hundred and one when he eats the uh, <laughs> rotten dog. Yeah, <laughs> we picked them in different spots, but the same awards. Yeah, that was to me that was the grossest thing. That dog been sitting on a shelf in the evidence room in a box for weeks. Several He's weeks. Taking a big bite out of it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I've got something different. Something oh, okay. we haven't really mentioned yet. So there's a scene during that the bank robber scene where they're holding everybody up, and Tony gets Amelia to describe gross food to them. Oh, yeah. And they slowly start getting, you know, nauseous. And then on page uh, 72, the top yeah. panel there, when they projectile vomit all over his smiling face, and it's all kinds of little bits in the green stuff. I mean, it's it's yeah. real gross. This is true love. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Still got the guy's cigarette floating on top of it. <laughs> yeah, there's like meatballs. and I mean, it's just disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. But he's smiling. <laughs> I think the smile makes it worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, I I know we're done with the awards. I got a question. I meant to ask you during the story, since we're talking okay. about roast eating stuff. Does he really have to eat that stuff? Because he gets a lot of info from just a drop of blood. Like like until you got the bank vault numbers, that's how you found about Savoy. Can he just like dip his finger in a little blood and touch it to his tongue instead of eating all this stuff? Wouldn't that make it a little easier for him? But he, he's got kind of a glimpse from Savoy's blood, right? He didn't get a whole lot of information, right? Yeah. Because it had the image of him killing that, him. That's right, yeah. And I was thinking maybe the fresher the sample, the more info he's getting. So that was active blood that just came out of Savoy's body. So it may have had stronger psychic resonance, Jamie. Is that what you said earlier? Sure. Maybe. That, sounds, yeah. that sounds intelligent. We'll say that's what I said. Yeah. But, uh. I think, yeah, because it just came right out of his body, it may be in a little bit stronger. Okay. What I was thinking. I don't know. If and it's I, and I, I was wondering, too, if it's if it's the more he eats, he can get more information. Like Maybe that's I why. Because that's why he was so chomping on that dude, because he saw 13, mm-hmm. you know, open yes. cases from that right. one time, but he ate that guy's face. And so, <laughs> yeah, and he got names and dates and addresses yeah. and everything because that guy, yeah. I, I took it because that guy was still alive. So it was fresher. I think it was more he ate. I, th- I agree with Jamie. Could be. I'm not sure he was still alive by the time she was done. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. You want to cast this thing? Let's cast it. All right. And it is, it is time for Captain Smokeface to make his return because I think I've got the right answer in at least five out of the six of these. Maybe all six. I've never been more confident with my cast than this one. We'll see. Uh, yeah. All right. All right. Tony Chu. Josh, you get to go first. Tell us who the second best answer is. The correct answer is Stephen Yun from Walking Dead. Played Glenn. It's not bad. Well, um, that's not the second best right answer. Um, that is the right answer. That's who I've got to. Glenn is the perfect person to play Tony to. Really is. All right, Sam, tell us how wrong you are. Well, I want to make different. I went with Randall Park is his name. He played the FBI agent in Ant-Man and Wasp. One kept pop- popping in on the uh, yeah, yeah, I know who you are. He, he would he would do a pretty good job. That, yeah, he had that kind of goofy, weird kind of vibe. Yeah, that's not bad. That 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 he'd be a good backup if we can't get Stephen Young. All right, Mason Savoy. I know I have the right answer for this one. John Goodman. 
Ooh, that uh, is a good one. That was my runner-up. John Goodman is Mason Savoy. Gotta get him a beard and a monocle, and we're ready to roll. Yeah, that is a good one. I like mine, though. I got Jeff Bridges. We gotta get that boy eaten. (laughs) He's gonna play some boy. He can wear a fat man suit. Solid cheeseburger night. I was was thinking, you know, when he played at uh, an Iron Man. What was his name? An Iron Man? Ironmonger. Yeah, Ironmonger. Yeah. But, yeah, kind of like that. You know, he was he had to play the good guy, then he had to twist at the end. I can see him doing it. He's got that unique voice, kind of kind of fit the guy. That's not terrible. John Goodman's better, but that's not terrible. All right. Josh, let's see you All right. I went with John Reese davies Gimli, Lord of the Rings. Yeah. That's not terrible. He's a little bit older now. We may have some time to shoot him back for some of the more active fight scenes. But he's got the look. I think his voice would work really well for that character. He had that beard a lot of the times. I think that was the right answer. You guys are closer than I thought you were going to be. But John Goodman is the right answer. Uh, Yeah, I think those are all good answers. (laughs) I'm not. not We tied on the first one. I'll give you that one. (laughs) All right. Amelia Mitz, the love interest that he's gaga for who disappears and he forgets about her. So, Sam, who you got for her? I went with January Jones, Emma Frost from the first uh, Class of X-Men. Don't we want a person who can act? Well, she wasn't in it much. <laughs> do you really need that? She's just got to get up and do one monologue, right? Yeah. Well, I, I've got to run her up. Well, I mean, like January her. Jones, I mean, Joshua I've only seen her in the one movie, and it looks like that she's in the crystal form the whole movie. There's there's no, I mean, yeah. maybe the director told her not to act. Like, you're made of wood. That's your motivation for this scene. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Who is your backup? Uh, I picked uh, with Paltrow, my backup. You should have been with that one first. Yeah. I didn't want to pick her because that's paper pots. Yeah. Right. Josh, who'd you have? Amelia. I had Elizabeth Banks. That's not bad. Not bad. Okay, here's the right answer, guys. Kristen Wiig. Oh, yeah. From Ghostbusters, Bridesmaids, yeah. SNL. She's nerdy. I could see her being a solid romantic counterpart for Stephen Young. She's funny. It's offbeat and weird. Kristen Wiig is Amelia Mans. Maybe. <laughs> I think you're way more confident than you need to be on these answers, guy. You're so upset that you've got the perfect answer. <laughs> They're good. Look, I'm sorry. Sometimes it sometimes it's a burden being this right. Oh, okay. Well. All right, <laughs> uh, Captain Appleby. Josh, who's your Captain Appleby? J.K. Simmons. I was getting a J. Jonah Jameson feel from him. Yeah. Well, that's the nose. right answer. Yeah. Sometimes that's, those are the best answers because they are <laughs> right on the nose. It's pretty good. Um, I'm going with Hugh Laurie. House himself. Yeah. I can see him being a jerk to Stephen Young really hard and really getting a kick out of being a jerk. Yeah. Stephen Young. 
I mean, house. I mean, yeah. Yeah. The guy's got jerk down pat. And for a British guy, he does a pretty good American accent. Yeah. Well, I got one better, I think, than both of you guys. Okay. I got Jason Isaacs. Think of Soldier. He played, uh, played a really good jerk in that one. He was a uh, Malfoy's dad. In yeah, yeah, yeah. Watch him but yeah, I, I, I think I like him better as the. That's good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was, I was trying to go a little older. Yeah. Well, he's a little older. He's. I looked it up. He's in his fifties. He doesn't look that old. I know he don't. He's an actor. Man, I want to age. I want to age like these people. What is yeah. it? What? <laughs> We're working whatever, so hard. <laughs> whatever Paul Rudd and. You know, Keanu Reeves and these guys are doing, man. I need, I need to get some of that. I need to bottle that water and ship it around the country. Because um, the next one is John Colby. Uh, he's the first partner. He's only outside of the body, the full body cast for one issue. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to go Josh Lucas, but because uh, he's a big jerk, he's a big blonde jerk. But he's kind of a meathead. And Josh Lucas isn't the meathead brand of jerk. And so I went more meathead jerk. And I went with Dax Shepard. That's a good one, really. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Man, I've got two on this one. I can't decide. You want to you you skip and come back at the end? No, I'll pull it out right now. Okay. I used him, I used him before. Y'all don't really know him that well. <clears throat> but his name is Boyd Holbrook. He looks he looks the part really well. Uh, seen him in a few things. He can play meathead pretty good. And he's from Kentucky. To boot. I'm looking him up. I don't recognize the name. I am too. What what's he from? Logan. He was in Logan. Oh yeah. Oh, uh, with the metal hand. Yeah. He was yeah. A pretty boy, right? Yeah. And in that one, but and then he yeah. was in that one, uh, Dark of the Moon or whatever. Still one of my favorite movies. He was in. I recommend y'all watching that. But anyways, yeah, that's not bad. I, I think he, I think he could do it really well. I'm not watching any Transformers movies though. Anyway, Josh. <laughs> not Transformers. It's a time travel movie. Anyways, I thought okay. you said I was wrong. It's Shadow of the Moon or something like that. I don't know. Oh, remember. okay. I thought you were saying it was, he was from a Transformers movie. I'm I'm all say it. I'm not watching anymore. No, you're not. Uh, <laughs> Josh, you're John Colby. I'm I'm thinking Matt Damon on this one. Nah. I wasn't getting so much of a meathead from him. Kind of just, uh, I don't know. I wasn't getting the, the punk meathead vibe from him. That's I've seen Dogma, so that's not completely the worst answer ever. I mean, Matt Damon and all his cameos when he was in uh, Deadpool Two. Yeah, he was the guy on the back of the truck talking about toilet paper. Yeah, he was in uh, Thor Ragnarok, so he can play a lot of these goofy kind of characters that have a small part just to. Oh, that's cool. I think it would be really fun to see Matt Damon in this. Dax Shepard is the right answer, though. That is pretty good, yeah. <laughs> and Matt Damon's too big an actor to be in that role. Are you sure? Yeah. He's done two-minute cameos in several, several movies. I think no, I think okay. he would do it, yeah. I think yeah, he would. It would be like... funny. Yeah. All right. Well, I know I've got the right answer on the next one, and I bet at least one of you agrees with me. So we'll, we'll see. I, I don't think there's no way I'm the only person to pick this guy. So Sam, who's your child to? Well, I definitely have the wrong answer. I was just 
grasping at straws here. His name is Russell Wong. He was in Romeo Must Die. Yeah, that's wrong. I think I know him from. He was. He was. Sounds like Gates because I don't recognize the name. Yeah, he was Jet Li's uh, like sparring partner kind of guy. Yeah, I love Jet Li, but not not that movie. Yeah, that was just, that was the first one he made in, like as an American movie, right? Yeah, it's a shame he had to debut in that. No, he was in um uh, Lethal Weapon four or five. Yes. Yeah. It was four. I do remember that one. Yeah. yeah. This one had Chris Rock in it. It's a shame they didn't stop at three. Um, <clears throat> or two. Josh, who, <laughs> or two. Who's your chow chew? Ken Jong. That is the right answer. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Especially when he was reading. I read the rant he did on his TV show to Nikki. I was like, you can hear Ken Jong doing that. She's like, no, 100%. That sounds like something he would do. And the scene where he's been abducted and is angry about it and then is yelling at Tony, Ken Jong would be perfect. Yeah. Absolutely. I can see perfect. that. Oh, I didn't think of him. That is the right answer. Yeah, it really is. Those guys have been playing the character from uh, Hangover movies. <laughs> yeah. I, t- I totally. Yeah, you're right. I missed yeah. that one. Big time. Yeah. Now, have, you, have you guys ever watched Community? No. Yes, I have. He's yeah, funny. His- too. Yeah, his character from Community is almost Chow Chu. Like his him as his like TV show host personality is almost his teacher personality. It's pretty great. Uh, all right, Sam, you gave a lot of bad answers this week, but I think I had about three pretty good ones. But you're about to redeem yourself. Yes. Tell us, tell us what you picked, and give us a little preview for next time. All right. So next week we're gonna do. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Volume 6, City Fall. Yeah, we are. Huh? That's right. Yeah, we are. (laughs) So, another Turtles pick for me. It's just, Turtles have just been such a big part of my childhood that I still enjoy it, and I still enjoy reading them. And I want to force Josh to read another one. There's another reason I picked this, just to force it on Josh. But it's, uh, I don't want to give nothing about the story away, but. No, no. it's, It's a great one. I enjoy turtles so much, so I'm sharing it with Josh again. Yeah, and, it's, and I, I love this series, and you're right because there's, and there's some of the turtle series that are too childish. Yeah, that that don't get much past the '80s cartoon, but this series isn't that. I no. love this series. Um, they brought Kevin Eastman back, and he's just killing it. And um, it's such an adult story. And it's actually got a great story that that you can follow through all the volumes, and they're all connected. Very well, and I mean, I mean, obviously we're you know three brothers doing stuff together. I mean, we're doing a podcast together, and so I mean, but the brother dynamic that can, yeah. the way he writes those guys is so good, and it's so spot on. Um, he had he has to have brothers. He's got to be part of a big family. It yeah. is so perfect. He gets the dynamic just down pat. Oh. All right, sounds like we're done. I think Sounds so. Like- <laughs> <laughs> just a natural ending right there. It's just call it a day, man. We did good. <laughs> yeah, but I'm I'm really pumped for next one. And City Fall, I think, is my favorite um, part of that run I've gotten to so far. I ha- I'm not completely caught up yet, but City Fall is the high point so far. It, it's pretty good. I've read way past that, but yeah, it's it's it stands out among them. Yeah. 
I'm looking forward to making Josh read this. All right. Well, fellas, I think we're done here. Um, but I do want to say, um, I, I know on my other podcast, we talk about encouraging people to rate us on Apple Podcasts. Um, but I've heard another podcast talk about that and say that, like, that, that helps. But really the best way to find new listeners is for current listeners to tell a friend. That, yep. that a recommendation from a friend is, the, is really the best way to get new listeners to your show. And so if you're listening to us and you like our podcast, we'd ask you to tell a friend this week. And come on, most of us are locked up in our houses. I mean, what else are you going to do? This is a podcast. You, you've got some time to kill. <laughs> Odds <laughs> are. <laughs> uh, so we hope you stay well, stay home. This is podcast, read some good comics. But for now, salute. See ya. Later.